Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Boots and Backstraps podcast. Come on now. On his own, looking for backstraps, way deep in the woods. Tracking in a swamp to a hayfield under the harvest moon. When the tags are filled, it's time to switch up our boots. Head down to the honky tonk, get us a swing dance or two. We're talking about boots and backstraps. Hey everybody, this is a show where we talk all things hunting and country music. From the classics through today. From big bucks to bull elk. We've got it all. Welcome to another episode of the Boots and Backstraps podcast. I am your host Shane Michael and I'm joined in studio as always by my wonderfully attractive and talented co-host. <laughs> I must give you the van of white there, Mr. Tom Cat. Come on now, how you doing Shane? Come on now, I'm great. Good to I'm see great. you again. You too, sir. I feel like it's been forever since I saw you. Yeah, <laughs> not quite. No. But uh, we sure are having fun doing our podcast. Yeah, a couple this week. Yeah, I'm enjoying them. Um, we've had some, uh, as I keep saying, we're having these very colorful guests. Yeah. Uh, well, that doesn't change today, TK. No, no, <laughs> no. We got a good friend of ours uh, that uh, is quite the performer and might even do a song for us today. A good friend of yours, I know, and a uh, long-time acquaintance of mine as well, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, just, you know, cutting it up today and talking about country music, and we've had a lot of sessions where we've talked it, uh, only about hunting, and two of our favorite topics, hunting and country music, that's what Boots and Backstraps is all about. Yes, sir, it is, and uh, that today, like I said, is no exception to that rule. I think we've got a great show for the listeners out there and for the people that are watching us on the, the video platforms as well. And uh, before we get to that, we got to get ourselves a little drink here. Drinky poo. Oh, it's never too early for a little Jack, right? RJ? Heck no, you can never go wrong. <laughs> never go wrong. Thank you, dear. Thank you. That's Jill. She, uh, she's rocking her sexy on. boots and backstraps hat. Yeah. 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 And a little toast to the morning, to a great show, and to you too. RJ, good to have you here with us. Thank you much. Appreciate it. It's going to be 60 degrees here in Minnesota today. That's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. We're in the middle of March, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, if you're from uh, Minnesota, you know this is typically our snowiest month of the year. And we've not had any blizzards yet, knock on wood. (laughs) And... uh, we're not out. We're not out of the woods yet, but no. the foreseeable forecast all the way to next weekend is supposed to be in the fifties and forties. And I'll take it. Today is officially the first day of spring. Right, right. You know, so that's pretty exciting. We did a, a post on my business page talking about that, and I've had a bunch of people excited about it. So yeah, if you get the chance, get outside and enjoy it. Oh, absolutely. Well, with no further ado, let's get this thing rolling. What do you think, TK? I'm all for it. All right. I'm Local. always excited to have these great guests that we have, and today's no exception. Uh, another very colorful guest. Go ahead, Shane. Uh, do the honors. I was just going to say, this is a buddy of mine going back at least a decade, and uh, we toured the local country music scene eons ago. He's still performing. I was performing and then realized I didn't have the chops for it, got out, and <laughs> I'm st- I was still on microphone, just not singing. I was just talking. 
like, yeah, talking's more my speed. <laughs> but he's You're had a, at it. he's had a quite successful career both in the uh, cover industry and also now as a solo artist. So help us welcome to the studio country music star, Mr. R.J. Graff. <laughs> Come on now. Oh, good morning. How are we doing today? Good. It's good to have you, my friend. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I was. Uh, I got to say, I was pretty excited reaching out to you and saying, hey, do you think we can squeeze you in? Because I know you're a busy yeah. guy. And so well, it's, it's been a crazy winter, but uh, it's, it's you know, a lot of fun to, you know, obviously hang out with you and yeah. TK. Good to be here with you tonight. It's great to have but you here, uh, Andrew. This is probably the first time you'll you'll hang out with them sober. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. Uh, all those Monday nights, oh boy. <laughs> it was a long stretch, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. it was, but it was a good, fun stretch. Monday nights, I remember uh, it was it was amazing to me that that many people would come out on a Monday night, and it was always I, the same. I had to say, don't any of you work in the morning? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. It was I, yes. <laughs> I typically did by six a.m., yeah. so I had to sober up fast. <laughs> oh my goodness! And all those college kids. Yes. I mean, don't any of you have school tomorrow? <laughs> Man. Right. I We're sleeping they, in. Yeah, I think they'd take the first or two classes off. Right, right. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun. A lot sure of friends was. made, you know. We all hung out there. What was it, about a good two, three years or more? I mean, Well, the, the show ran for 35 years, so yeah. you're in there somewhere. Yeah, I'm probably in I don't in think the... anyone was there for the, except for me. <laughs> the I don't think anyone lasted the whole. And me and uh, Big Steve. Yeah, right, Big Steve. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Well, when the COVID thing uh, wraps up, you know, being an entertainer, I know it's got to be tough. You know, you're no one's no one's working. I mean, no. all the entertainers that we know, Shane knows, and I know, uh, whether you're working in Hollywood or whether you're a country entertainer, rock, whatever, you know, nobody's hiring anybody, and no. it's got to be a long, tough stretch for you folks. And it's it's been crazy because obviously last year when March hit, the minute March, yeah, minute everything shut down, everything was just gone, and I I maybe went out three times last summer. Sure, and it's normally a good every weekend. Oh yeah. You go out and you, you play somewhere, but yeah, I played, I think a total of three times last summer, maybe once last fall. I, I didn't go out much last year at all because that's a tough deal. The governor put so many restrictions on the bars and the events and stuff like that. And it just, it, it made it almost impossible. And the governor, uh, governor goofy, don't get me started. Yeah. We, we try to, we've been trying to stay away from the politics, but I know. you got to sneak a shot in occasionally. And I, I, I try to be, you know, my P's and Q's, but it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you're driving the little man right out of the state and it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I suppose if we did uh, dive into the politics, we might acquire a lot of listeners because everyone, uh, <laughs> Gets their blood boiling like the on one, yeah, one right end now. or the other, and well, that, that's the I whole know which reason. end we're on. That's the whole reason I don't go on social media anymore. I just I can't handle it anymore. Yeah, yeah I just can't, and it's just too over the top. Yep. Yeah. So RJ, uh, did you find ways of supplementing your income? I uh, I had to get the day job back going again, which yeah. which you know it is what it is, but you, you got to pay the bills. Got to do what you got to do. And uh, you know, I'm just hoping that. Uh, with the with the shots and everything like that coming out right now, that hopefully everything eases back up. Obviously, he's easing the restrictions, you know, here in the state and like North Dakota and Wisconsin are still wide open. And Texas and Florida. Yeah, but uh, it'd be nice to see here open wide open again. But uh, sure would be. 
but uh, you know, you get a lot of bands that are going across the borders, just yeah. trying to fill their schedules up and, you know, just trying to get into that, that lineup too. It, it's, you got 30 bands now vying for two bars or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's, it's crazy. crazy. I was, it uh, is. on that note, I was, uh, in Caledonia, Minnesota, mm-hmm. uh, muzzleloader hunting this winter. And okay. Caledonia has a wonderful, wonderful restaurant called the good times. I think I've heard and, of that place. Yeah. Oh man, it's the best. Great people, great food. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say enough about it. Being in the industry most of my life, right? Well, we wanted to go there, but it was closed. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could have got pizza and taken out, but we wanted to go right. somewhere and eat. A buddy of mine that owns the Ten Point Lodge down there, so he said, "Well, you know, it's only twenty minutes to Lacrosse." I said, "Well, let's go there." And I'm telling you, Shane, we got to Lacrosse, and you couldn't get in anywhere. Yeah, there was a line, Pack. and people waiting in their cars for more than a half an hour to get in anywhere. We did find an Asian place. Uh, we both like Asian food, and we got into that place. But you do was, like your, especially the Asian buffets, man. You're yeah, I do. <laughs> every time we get together and have lunch, he's always like, "Hey, let's hit the buffet." I'm like, "Ah, come on, <laughs> don't eat so many egg rolls in a month." And then <laughs> what's wrong with that? I like my sweet and sour chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, and the thing about it was, they were all Minnesota people. Oh yeah. So thank you, Governor. Uh, I'm sure if I was a Wisconsin uh, businessman. I'd be really, I'd be sending him thank you cards because oh. he just did them wonderful favors and uh, really stuck it to his own people. Well, yeah, Lacrosse, River Falls, Hudson. Oh, yeah. They're just packed with Minnesota people. Yep. It yep. was ridiculous. Yeah, big guys, the barbecue joint. Yeah. Went in there probably a month ago or whatever on a Saturday night yeah. and you couldn't hardly walk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was packed. Well, I, I played an old disc jockey friend of ours. Big guys. Uh, we'll come back to that. Go okay, ahead. Okay. I was just I was just <laughs> saying like the owner. Okay, yeah. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. I was just playing acoustic uh, two acoustic shows over in River Falls, and it was packed. I'm just like, what? What? You know, what's the difference between the states? I just don't get it. But then it's all the leadership up top and everything like that. Just yeah. Whatever. What bar were you at at uh, River Falls? Shooters. Shooters. Yeah. Yep. I I go over and I play. You know. Uh, I think I played four times this winter, just an acoustic show, a little something to get out of the, out of the, out of the house, you know, because mm-hmm. you go stir crazy just sitting there racking your brain. But, uh, yeah, Shooter's been a good buddy of mine. i played been playing there about eight years now or more. I'm sure you've played there before. Yeah, well, yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Tiny little little stage right there. Postage <laughs> stamp. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it is. A couple weeks ago four we guys had up a... There. Matt Methuen on, and he's the new proprietor of the uh, WeFest. Yeah. And we talked quite a bit about River Falls because River Falls, Wisconsin, was where we originally planned on doing the WeFest. Oh. Uh, I used to own a club out there, and the building is still there, but it's no longer a club, obviously. Okay. But in 1983, I opened that club, and in 1983, we started the WeFest. So it was a busy, busy year for me. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, the township of uh, River Falls didn't like the idea, so uh, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, was our second option. So, kind of a coincidence that you guys bring up River Falls. Oh yeah, they're getting a lot of uh, play from us. Yeah, they are. <laughs> well, I got to rope this back in here, little boys. Yeah, all right. Our, That's we why are... you're here. You're the uh, <laughs> the you're roper. the thinker of this group. <laughs> 
Well, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. <laughs> I think we're screwed. <laughs> so I, we do want to, you know, obviously you're here, Ryan, we're here to talk about you and, and what you do. And, Absolutely. and so I'd like to start with just kind of you talking about how you got into music. I know, um, knowing you that your grandfather is a big influence in your sort of early music passion. And how did that kind of come together? Uh, well, I, I grew up, my grandparents always lived in Austin, Minnesota. So I'd go down there every summer and, you know, working on, you know, uncle, great uncle Vern's farm or just riding the countryside with grandpa. We'd be listening to Merle, Willie, Waylon, all, all the absolute best. And I, you know, I'd be, I'd be sitting in their back seat just singing along and he'd be like, you're, you're not too bad. <laughs> you know, I'm a kid. I'm just having fun. I don't, I yeah. think he's just joking around because every grandparent, yeah, your, your grandkids, you know, great right. at everything. They your do. participation <laughs> trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so, you know, I just, you know, I, I had fun singing, you know, and loving, loving it out there in the country and, you know, um, but then, uh, you know, you grow up, you know, your, your taste kind of changes a little bit. I kind of got into the Metallica's and the Guns N' Roses. As we all have that face. <laughs> <laughs> so got into that a little bit. And then, uh, you know. It's like women saying, oh, I had this phase where I dated musicians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, or disc jockeys. Or disc jockeys, yeah. <laughs> Don't do as it. As he turns and looks. <laughs> but, no, it's just uh, – high school you know I, I got back into the country music you know my my heart's always been in country music and that's when that uh, the brooks and dons and uh one of my personal favorite wade hayes and you know those all the more kind of rocky bluesy edge to it started coming out yeah and that, that's that was my literal favorite and then um obviously how you know how I've tailored my sound, the Jason Aldeans, the Brantley Gilberts have come out, you know, late nineties, edge your rock country. Yeah. And that, that's kind of become almost my forte, how, you know, my, all my cover bands previously and kind of how my, some of my original music's going now is a little bit the, the edgier rocky side because I like the energy of it. You know, people yeah. dance to that and they, right. they get into it. So. Having seen you performed a couple hundred times over the years, <laughs> yeah. you always had that sound with regardless whatever yeah. song you were doing. It was always that sort of like RJ flavor to it. it it's it's to me, it's the energy. You got to have that energy. Yeah. And that's what gets you through, you know, a cover night, four hour night. You got to have energy. Otherwise, you just kind of go into sleep on stage. And, and you're nobody, not getting a nobody, <laughs> That's just it. Nobody wants to sit there all four hours and watch that and be like, yeah, no, but uh yeah, certainly country music has the potential to be uh, slow, you know, story songs. Absolutely. And uh, I was on that same page with you, RJ. I was, there's a lot of up-tempo country music, fun stuff that people like to dance to, and that's kind of what we based our show on. Right, absolutely. But then there's always that time where people want to slow dance. And right. Get, and there's so many hundreds of wonderful country ballads. Absolutely. I think the backbone of country music, actually. Yep. Well, just the the storytelling. He's got a great one. Yeah, and we're gonna, <laughs> folks, are maybe gonna hear uh, R.J. perform for us here in a little absolutely, while. Absolutely, you bet. But uh, yeah, uh, fifteen years of you know, cover bands, right around the same time you were doing it, and then uh, it just it it almost felt like it just ran its course. I mean, it was a lot of fun. You, you get to go to all these bars, play all these festivals, and stuff like that. But it just it wasn't advancing 
to where I wanted to be. I wanted to get into the original music. I wanted to see if I could make a name for myself right. outside of, you know, just playing everybody else's music. So Just being that fun guy on stage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that wild, crazy guy who drinks a little too much Jack Daniels on stage. Whoa, what, whoa, whoa. What, Pump what? the brakes. <laughs> what is this too much business? <laughs> I always thought it was it's, just enough. It's happened. It's happened. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I, we have our moments where Jack and I are fighting. Oh, <laughs> I just, I remember one show downtown St. Paul right after the World's Toughest Rodeo. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, probably had a primer or pregame at the rodeo. Well, th- this is some of the old rowdy crew showing up after bringing, oh, let's do shots of Jack Daniels in their, you know, third set. I got a little toasty, and I... They're walking them and handing them to you, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And one was like a spicy pickle in my Jack. <laughs> I, I, God... These are supposed to be your friends. <laughs> I know. And they, they, they buried me. They buried me. I lost track of wagon wheel lyrics. Oh, boy. Freaking toast it up. Uh, yeah, I, I, I heard about it from the rest of the band at the end of the night. So what happened to wagon wheel? I don't know. I don't <laughs> Ask me tomorrow. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, and they're just like, well, how many Jacksons you have? Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was a... A fun night where I had to uh, drink a little bit of water to kind of get back to driving. <laughs> well, how did you get from? Uh, how did you get from where you were obviously a country music fan from a young age to like you know what I think I'm gonna pick up and pick a few strings and get on stage and sing a tune. Like how do you get to that? Uh, well, I had been doing like karaoke shows. Sure. So I you know just going out having some fun singing you know picking my obviously my favorites artists yeah always been george Strait. oh yeah you oh, can't man. go wrong with george you can't go wrong with george no. but amarillo by morning's one of my all-time favorite songs yep. and it only reached number two Tell is that me right how that happened that's i don't know that's one of the like few you, that's yeah one of my all-time favorite songs too yeah uh i went down to his uh what was it the 50 or 60 greatest hits he was doing down in vegas i, I made it to night two so i got the, the back half of the the hits and they were all the ones that i remembered growing up and he literally came on stage and he's like i don't know how this didn't make number one it only made it to number two and he kicked off and it was amarillo by morning i'll be darn i was scratching my head i'm like yeah that wasn't on the cd was it <laughs> but yeah it just yeah more number one hits than any artist of any genre in the yeah. history of music does he have 61 now i lost count something like that yeah uh, I, I once he finally hit 60 i just kind of lost count but i just Growing up, listening. He's to, just piling on now. Oh man! <laughs> but you can't go wrong. I just you sit there and listen to that voice. It's like, yep, I can sit here and listen to this all day. Yep. And he you have one of these in your hand. You singer. No, you you wanted Vanessa. to be a cowboy. Yeah, and I forgot what the professional career was, and I think he tried it, and he was doing a little bit of both, and he was going to go for the professional career, and I don't know, someone convinced him, no, you should, you need to keep singing. Oh, yeah. Thank goodness he did. Oh, absolutely. He is the man. George Strait had 60 number one hits, and he had 86 top 10 hits. <laughs> That's 86 wow. top 10 hits. Good wow. Lord. It's unbelievable. Man, I, I just I just want one. I'd be happy with one. Right. <laughs> what, what did they say? One good hit? Well, you can tour on that for 10 years. Right. Yeah, yeah that, one that, hit I'd, wonders. I'd be I'd be okay with that. I'd be fine. Absolutely. 
So <laughs> tell us about your first gig. Like, when did you get to take it from the karaoke oh, to like man. legitimate? I came back from my second. No tour backtrack. In it's Iraq. just you and music. Came back from my second tour in Iraq. And Thank I you for your service, like, by the way. Oh, absolutely. It's hey, man. A, just another job. As we always say, it's just another job. Little crazy job, but. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a house hustler. Something tells me what you did just a little more dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I've got scars. Camel spot. Camel spiders. <laughs> yeah. Is that a dog? Oh, it's a spider. Oh, <laughs> God, nothing scares you more than sitting on the ground, changing a pair of brakes, and all of a sudden there's a camel spider walking within four feet of you, and nothing makes you jump up and run like a scream like a girl. <laughs> you want to see a bunch of strong? Oh, here, you are, here you are. Yeah. There, there he is, is in the right turret, there. right? That is the turret. The 240 Bravo sitting there. That, that was my home. Looking mildly confident with that uh, yeah. giant sling of ammo. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank God I had that in a full case right behind that little uh, metal plating in the back there. That's where we stashed all our extra ammo. So I had two boxes back there as well. So I, I had plenty of ammo, but I couldn't, you know, what they say is every 200 rounds, you're supposed to change your barrel. I only had one barrel with me. Oh boy, because it would just get overheated. Yeah, that those things they get, dang, especially over there they get hot as hell. Well, yeah, because what's the average air temperature when you're out there? Over hundred, right? The hottest day uh, that we could find on the thermometer when I was over there reached 156. Whoa! Yeah, man. Who needs a sauna? And it, it, I don't know if I know. I uh, there's another couple pictures where. Right there, you see all our armor and everything like that. With yeah. all that weight on you and everything like that, it feels basically 200 or more. It's just that damn hot. Boy, I can't. You can't even, even probably imagine. think straight. It, yeah, and you got it. We always had coolers inside the cabs with you know as much water as we could bring. But by the time you get halfway to where you're going, all the ice is gone and it's lukewarm oh, sure. and everything. So it, it was, but you know, it, it still it was enough to keep you cool. But yeah, staying it, hydrated must have been a full time job. Yeah, I, I I suffer. I got heat exhaustion over there, and a bunch of us guys did. And sure, it just yeah. You, you, the first two months, you don't quite realize just. I mean, it's warm, it's dry, so you don't realize just how much water you're losing. You know, so the bosses they sit there and sergeants and officers they telling you to hydrate, but you just don't realize how much more you got to hydrate compared to over here. I'm a Minnesota boy. What do I know about deserts <laughs> and stuff like that? There you are. Oh, that terrible look, stash. I was going to say, look at that stash. Oh, God. For those of you that aren't <laughs> viewing this, and maybe you're just listening, uh, we've got RJ over in Iraq on his, I, I believe, it. what are you standing on? That's a turret. Uh, that that truck right there is an LMTV. Uh, we call them light medium tactical vehicles i was going to They're refer very... to it as a tank but yeah no that correct. one's that one's not a tank it's just a tall truck the first one was a, a typical humvee okay so yeah we uh us gunners we had to whatever different kind of trucks there i got a saw in my hands which was a little bit smaller caliber uh but still an automatic rifle and uh all of our goggles and sunglasses and angel what we called they were called dappers. We called them angel wings. Oh, we hated those things. But uh, they did their jobs. They yeah, kept they safe. Yeah, keep you so. safe. Yep, exactly. Well, thank so, you again. Like Shane said, thanks for doing that for our country. Oh, and absolutely. It's uh, great that you're back. Yeah, I, I am lucky to be back. I All except lost. one ear. <laughs> yeah, I can't hear crap out of my right ear. Uh, fun day. Fun, fun day. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I did lose 
uh, I lost one of my best friends, Joe, over in Afghanistan. He uh, joined up after, right about the time I was getting out, he joined up. And his old dream was go special forces. Uh, I don't know what happened in his schooling, but he ended up uh, getting cycled for the first ID, and that's why I have my tattoo here is all for my buddy Joe. Uh, killed in action in Afghanistan, uh, April 15th. 20, I think 2011, so wow. coming up on 10 years this year, and I go, I go to, I'm going to plan on this the 15th, I'm going to go with his parents, uh, Jim and Val, we're all going to go out to the Fort Snelling, we kind of make a day of it, all of yeah. us close oh, friends cool. and family, Nice. so we, we make the 15th a day of it, and then uh, I know that they go, all, also go out on his birthday, I think it's December 1st, that they, they go out there and see him, and we make a day of it, but uh, sure, so yeah, that, that was a, I was playing a show, the day he died, I was playing a show up in Hayward at the casino up there. Okay. And uh, uh, a friend of ours uh, owns owns the bar that we always hung out and sang karaoke at uh, down in River Grove. And uh, he called me up and he's like, hey, did you hear about Joe? I'm like, what did he do now? Expecting, because he, he's a crazy kid. I'm expecting him, you know, do something stupid and get in trouble. But, uh, yeah, that was one of the roughest calls when they, they told me he uh, – he was killed in action and then uh another mutual friend of ours john he was just coming home he was literally on the plane coming home he land i messaged him on facebook and he had just landed in germany and i had to be the one to tell him and that was uh that was one of the hardest things and telling the brother hey we lost our brother yeah just, can only imagine boy. it's cool that you honored his memory though with the ink that's nice oh absolutely yeah and i've got whole lot more stories and a whole lot more guys uh, you know we, we'd have to make a, a month-long session we'd have to have a separate show yeah i wish uh the young people in america especially the people that are throwing dirt on our country uh knew what it take from the soldiers of vietnam oh the current soldiers uh world war ii world war one what they went through i mean they see it in movies. They hear about it, but that doesn't they, they, register. They see happy war, yeah. glorified war. It they doesn't don't resonate with them what actually happens in those wars. So oh, we yeah. have the freedom to speak the way we want, the freedom to do this show. To uh, have all these riots. and. If anything they teach in school, they should teach that. To dye their hair purple and block a few free – I mean – there we go right to the i don't know we, yeah, we could no. go off on that and probably piss but off I, a lot of people but i think there's probably a lot more people out there going yeah i agree yeah. with you we should uh teach these kids and they should know i mean i don't know how you do that but they should know what the sacrifices are so that we can live in the greatest country on the planet right yeah well, let's get back to your music, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> so first show. That was sobering. And Oh, first show, uh, where, where was it? Uh, oh, the West Side up in Little Falls. Westy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> first first ever show, and uh, I wasn't quite ready for it. We had been practicing and everything like that. How but, many piece were you at that point? Uh, that very first show, we were supposed to be a five piece, but uh, two of the band members uh, had a previous engagement with their previous bands, you know, finishing up before they came to us and it was a four-piece band the old iron horse and uh yeah i wasn't 
You know, nothing prepares is you for the nerves. Is this Rusty and Billy and, like, the whole crew? Uh, no, this is Russ. This is uh, Mike May and uh, Adam Durand on bass. Adam Durand. Yeah, Ginger Jesus. Of uh, Devin Worley fame. Yes. So, you know, it was just the four of us. And nothing, pre- you know, you could sit there and do karaoke, you know, not need the screen and everything like that. But nothing prepares you for the nerves when you hit the stage in front of people and you're just like, whoa. I'm on a live stage and I don't have a screen to fall back on. What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> and this is before the, you know, the I, the tablets and the iPads and all that stuff. So if you needed something, you had that big old clunky book. I hated that book with a passion, but you know, you, you had to have it just for reference in case you got lost. And that, that first, the first night it, it, you know, all, all the, the newer stuff kind of came real good, but I, I couldn't believe it. I was so mad at myself. I screwed up. Mama tried. <laughs> a Merle Haggard song, a song I've been listening to for 20 years or more, and I screwed it up. Did Merle get a hold of you and say, hey? Oh, <laughs> he gave me a good swift backhand, you know. <laughs> oh, but it just, it, it was it was one of those nights, you know, I, I that first show, you know it's going to be a rough night. You just try and get through it as best as you can and make people happy. And I, I tried, I hopefully I accomplished that, I think, because, you know, I've been doing this now for on the road for about 16 years. But, uh, yeah, it uh, plus that was back when we we're doing big old wedges at the front of the stage. You can't hear nothing because this guy's wedge is over blasting this guy's wedge. Yeah, and I can't crazy. hear nothing here. So, yeah, once in-ears came out, man, was that a godsend. Right, exactly. But, uh, Get your own exact mix. And I can block them out. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, the first night at the Westie, that, that was, uh, man. That's a long time ago. Talk about, you know, bringing back the old memories there, Shane. So Iron Horse <laughs> is, I mean, aside from the, the Hog's Breath stuff, you know, that's where he and I really connected because he was lead for Iron Horse and right. I was lead for North Gone South, North Gone South, another country project that ended up turning into Maiden Dixie. And we talked about that one of our first shows, actually, that evolution of how it went from North Gone South to Maiden Dixie and Jesse Becker and all those guys came in and took over. And yeah. Well, now we- it's... Me and one of your Lennon old guitar Lake. players were talking about that the other day, your old North Gown South days. Brian Baxter, or Brandon yes, Baxter. Yes, sir. Yeah, so Brandon, what a good dude. Absolutely. And talented, too. I mean, this guy's like, people talk about uh, in the music industry, these people that are like music encyclopedias in their brain, like Mark McGrath. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and Brandon's like that. Like, if you just throw out some random country fact, he could just go off about whatever artist and whatever year and whatever album and what room in their house they were writing it in like he's just the guy's amazing <laughs> we'll we'll sit there and talk like that during those radio breaks we'll yeah. sit there and talk like that and then all of a sudden oh crap i'm about 10 seconds behind <laughs> you know, like, he's got to pull up the next song and you forgot all about it because we're sitting there talking but you, you, literally and then you could sit there a whole you know hour or two after you're done and you know just go but, off it was you know he's a good guy to talk to he's a lot of fun to talk to he is so. he's a good dude i think we're we're definitely gonna i think we've got him on the list up there to get him in here to talk about the homegrown show and oh absolutely and all that stuff so but so then iron horse what was the net was it like right from iron horse to rj no no iron horse uh i took a little bit of a break and then uh, we we russ and april decided they were going to go down to tennessee yep you know russ wanted to chase his dream and be a drummer for somebody as big as he could. And that was completely fine. So we, we then in turn uh, decided to kind of keep the name, but change it a little bit. And we turned it into iron horse group. It was me, Christina Tay Schaefer, uh, Darren, 
I forget his last name, Hounsel. But uh, we kind of kept on with the Iron Horse, but we called it Iron Horse Group. Sure. And, you know, after I think it was about eight months, I had just, I just got tired, you know. So I needed a little bit of a break. Sure. So I. The road can wear on you. I, I walked away, and that was about. I can't even tell you how long of Iron Horse I, between the factions that I had been there. I think it's about eight years. But uh, it just got tiring, so I needed a break. And then uh, I took a break and uh, uh, joined up with I the think crew. they kind of split up after that, right? They, they changed it. They, they call them Whiskey Stone or something like that now. Yes, yeah. Yeah, they, just, they, they decided to change it and get away from the – I don't know if they're doing originals. I, I, I honestly don't know. I haven't I – haven't, I didn't keep contact, which is something I wish I did. But, uh, um, but they, yeah, they changed it to Whiskey Stone. They're doing their thing now, which yep. is good. Um, but uh, after that, I joined up with a crew called Unbroken, and that, uh, that uh, that's another one where it's it's kind of a head scratcher. And what was I thinking? But I, I I met my one of my really good friends, Haas, in that band. Yep. And Haas is Jason Hoskins. Yeah, he's good. He's dude. a slinger. He's a slinger, and he's you know. His favorite, I think, his favorite kind of music is '80s rock. Sure, so that's where when when you when we started really rocking stuff up in like Unbroken and, and Copperhead Creek, which is the next band. Yep, you know, it was heavy rock feel, heavy high energy, you know, Jason Aldean kind of music and stuff like that. And that you know, his his tone was perfect for it, and that was his his style and his. See, I always thought Copperhead Creek was more just like Gen One RJ. Yeah, it pretty much was. I yeah. mean, but we, that, that's, you were the, like, that was when you were really, people are like, whoa, this dude's like on the map. Well, I just kind of let it free. Yeah. You know, let go. I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. They're going to like me. They're going to like me. If they're not, they're not. I don't care. And anymore. we do. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. <laughs> that's what helps. But yeah, I mean, those first, you know, you, you, you're testing yourself. You're trying to figure out what works and what's, which, you know, what your sound is. And then once you finally find it, it's like, this is it. Don't like it. Don't care. And then, you know, yeah. you just kind of stay down that path. And that's, you know, finding Haas was the, 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 basically step one to that. And then Ben, the, the other guitar player and fiddle player, we, we, um, we had tried out a bass player and Ben came with just to hang out. Well, he picked up the guitar, you know, halfway through practice and started slinging. We're like, oh no, he, he's coming too. I mean, just, <laughs> you got a two that good you know yeah. a two for in one audition because yeah. billy billy was our uh not the billy you're thinking of not billy hansen no uh uh verkley i think is his last name but uh he's our original pictures he's the one on that stand-up base okay those old, those old creek pictures yeah you know, he'd be hanging on that old stand-up base he'd literally be standing on the stand-up base i've seen that yeah yeah and he'd be sitting there playing i'm just like how do you not come off the end of this show sore as hell trying to bend over <laughs> like that? It's just, but he was, he was only at about five, six. So he's a tiny dude. So on yeah. that, it didn't hurt so bad. We're on me six, two trying to do that. Yeah. I don't think you can climb on a base. Yeah. No, no, no. I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd probably either go through it or I'd, you know, crush get a, it, get a nice back spasm or something. Right. To bend over. Well, especially at your age, you know, oh, <laughs> hey, 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 don't let uh, the gray and the beard fool. I was you. just going to say, I remember a day when you didn't have any of that. We need that Santa Claus in the beard there. Oh, man, that's that's been coming on lately, and I don't get it. I don't like it. <laughs> well, get used to it. Yeah, so that, yeah, I know. Well, this all used to be all red. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, 
I'm looking forward to uh, listening to RJ perform here. Absolutely. What do you think? Yeah. So I was just going to say, we, we, I wanted to transition into your newest single. Okay. Which is turn it up and just let you kind of talk about how that project came together, because I know it was a, a real sort of like adventure for you bringing in the, the other featured artist on it. Absolutely. And it definitely like a deviation from what we all knew and you in this like real <laughs> yeah. strip country, <laughs> yeah. but it's cool. I love it. It's a great track. I, I figured uh, that was the one I'm going to, I'm going to play live. I'm actually going to play that one live. But uh, if they wanted to hear the, the, the version with uh, uh, Benedict Kane in it, uh, they can go uh, online. Here you go. There's the picture. Yeah. For those who can't see it, uh, uh, the song is called turn it up. And it's uh, the original writer of the song was my producer, Greg Huberty, which okay. you, you know, I think, you know. Yep. Okay. I, I know we've all run in the same circles, but oh, it's yeah. all one of those. I still got to ask because, you know, yeah, same circles after 15 years. But right. yeah, Greg wrote it a while back. He did record it and he's like, I, I, I don't know if he just didn't like it or like the way it was recorded or something like that but he's like you know what let's see if you record it and so we recorded it and we put a whole bunch of extra bells and whistles in it and uh you know it was it was all completed and we were going to release it it was technically going to be the third song out because then the next song that we're working on now is called new me and it was kind of a play on heartbreak but uh the whole covid thing hit and we you know just kept getting pushed back farther and farther and farther and we're like you know what we've got turn it up done it's sitting there. Why don't we just release it? So we, you know, we're getting it all polished up like that. And then a good buddy of mine, Benedict Kane, AKA Rio is his real name, but I give him crap about that, but he's an air force vet and he lives out in Maryland. And he's like, what if we put a little twist on it? I'm like a little twist on it. What are you talking about? It's like, what if we did a little hiccup on it? I'm like, not my forte, but you're like, like the lax. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, not my forte, but, uh, you know, send me a little something. I want, I want to hear it before I just put it on, you know, my song. Yeah. So he sent it over. I'm like, I actually really dig that. And I'm, you know, like I said, I'm not a huge hiccup guy. I grew up in Merle, Willie and Waylon. Those are my right. kind of guys. So right. like my original song, Heartbreak. It's more my my personal favorite That's kind of great, music. Yeah, for those folks that haven't heard it yet, you got to get to rjgraff.com and, and listen to that single. He's got the link right there on the homepage for Heartbreak, and it's fantastic. And I'll make great sure. Great country ballad. And I'll put Turn It Up right underneath it this afternoon. I still can't believe I didn't put that. Yeah, actually, just I don't know if you know this, RJ, but when we go to break here in a little bit, we're going to actually play Heartbreak for the, for the folks that will be in the Very video. Cool. Very cool. So they'll get both songs in this episode. Absolutely. That'll Absolutely. be great. I look forward to that. Yeah, so. so he sends you a sample, and you're like, yeah, we can work with this. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, so we ended up, uh, he did the final cut, Greg put it in the song, and then it, it's the mixture of, like, the me that everybody knows, the the rock and, you know, country, and then that yep. little bit of twist in there and the hip-hop, and it just, it's been going over really well, and people love it. And It's a great track. And it's funny, because my dad, he, he's a Dale Watson guy. He loves Dale Watson. He loves, you know, the Maripolitan, as Dale Watson would call it. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> so my, my dad loves that kind of stuff. And my dad listened to that song. He's like, I like that. I'm like, I thought you were going to be the le first person to tell me, what the hell is <laughs> Turn that shit off. <laughs> <laughs> I thought for sure he's going to be the first one to tell me, what the hell? But no, he loved it. And I'm like, all right, well, if I can 
convince you, then obviously I think I've got Might a pretty decent there. song yeah. on my hands. All right. Yeah, and I know you uh, just a few months back went and saw Brandon, and, you know, uh, he released it for us and stuff like that, and then let us play our, our third song, which is coming out here pretty soon. But, uh, yeah, it's been going over really well, which is good to hear because you're, you're always nervous when you release a song. Yeah. Um, especially like heartbreak when you release a song you wonder how people are going to perceive it especially something so personal to you because yep. heartbreak literally was a life story of mine you know yeah. it was a it's a real my, country my, song my breakup with my ex and sitting there at two o'clock in the morning just kind of pondering life and trying to figure out just what in the hell is going on and the whole first verse was like two two to two thirty in the morning just sitting there just kind of words going through your head and you just write it down. And so I'd written that whole first verse down, sent it off to Greg. And he's like, he, he didn't understand it right away. He's like, what is this? I'm like, I, I think I got the first verse to a new song coming. He kind of brushed it off. And then all of a sudden the next day he texts me back, dude, I think we have something here. I'm like, you like, just told just me last that. night. <laughs> <laughs> he just told me last night. You know, it wasn't nothing good. But once I think he was just tired or something like that. He sure. hasn't slept yet. But once he finally got looking at it, uh, we get, we literally I went in there that night, and three days later, we had heartbreak written, and that was our first song to write one in three days was just mind blowing. I'm like, is it really this easy all the time? No. 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 Yeah. Well, we figured that out in song three here, just how fun it is. I think we're on month three. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to make sure all the pieces and all the words just fit perfect. Uh, as perfect as can be. I'll just leave it that way. But uh, it's it's a it can be a struggle, and it uh, and like heartbreak, it can be easy. It's just a matter of how things work out that way. Well, let's yeah. have you grab your strings. I'll get your. All right. Give you a little room. It's amazing how many classic songs have been written in 20 minutes on the back of a napkin. Absolutely. You hear those <laughs> stories all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like Eminem, I... the rapper, his famous notebook. Everybody knows about the notebook. He's got this little mini notepad he, he carried around with him for years and years and years. And you can't find any open space in this notebook anywhere because anywhere he could find space to write a word or a phrase or a sentence or, you know, an entire verse, like, like, like RJ just said, he'd write it in there and then he would use it at some point in a song because it would just pop in his head and he'd get his notebook out and write it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy because, well, even if you, uh, what is it, uh, Toby Keith at Broken Bridges. Yeah. You, you watch that one uh, scene where he's literally sitting there on the deck got his little three inch pencil and his little notebook there <laughs> just writing words down and playing chords and stuff like that yeah. but it, it, it literally is like that and for me i had a notebook and i kind of had a journal all throughout my my second tour and i just got phrases upon phrases and stuff like that but it's all military where i you know and i've got some songs that are military based but i didn't want my whole album to be like that because then i'm kind of turn it off to people over here and, you know, just focusing on the military where I, I want to, I'm working towards an EP where I want to have a little bit of everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and one of my, the biggest, you know, one of the songs I'm kind of 
working towards right now is a song called Demons, where it's, you know, all of us, we battle some kind of PTSD. And it's just, it's, and this is what I do for me to get past that. Sure. Because for me, I, I just, once I picked up the guitar and was just started playing just, you know, at home and, you know, my bedroom and stuff like that, it just helped me clear my head enough to know to get through the next day and the next day. It's just, and then I've got a lot of brothers and stuff like that where they need other things where we've got uh, a lot of these veteran organizations, they have hunting and they have ice fishing, stuff like that. Right, right. Or, you know. We had a whole crew at Bowfest just this last year. The campsite right next to us was a, a whole group of vets that were there on a sponsored trip through the festival and through a local veteran organization. And that's, forgive me because I forget it now. But Is it HHO? Uh, Texas with that was with them. Okay, so I'm not sure what uh, it, which might, one. it might have been hometown heroes. Yeah, that sounds right. Hometown and they heroes like they came and they had this huge like six seater side by side that they got permission to drive around on the grounds and we're all like, oh, the rest <laughs> of us got to walk everywhere. Like, well, if you get a bunch of vets together, especially if they're drinking and they're driving something like, oh, that. oh, they were drinking. Yeah, the, you, you, look out. <laughs> <laughs> they were having some fun. I, I know, I know. A lot of them I, were new archers yeah. too, which was kind of fun to like oh, sit and chat yeah. with them and yeah. give them a little advice and. Yeah, I haven't picked up an arch in ten years or more, and I I, I love I love that little video you had on with uh, Matt where your 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 arrow popped right out of your bow. Oh yeah, <laughs> can I just tell you like that? There's a little because we have a that was like a, a a cut up that Danny put out there as a promo for the podcast before we release any episodes, and there is an actual story for that. Okay, so we had planned this. I know it's so embarrassing. I am an actual archer, even though it doesn't look like it. <laughs> So we had this uh, session plan to do some photos and little video clips just to do some promotion for the podcast. This okay. is way before we filmed the first episode. And it, for whatever reason, when I ran out that day, I didn't bother to grab my bow. Oh, no. I just wasn't thinking about it. Right. So we got to the archery shop up the street here, who we know really well. And TK had his bow. And then Danny and Jill are like, why do you bring your bow, knucklehead? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> So that's actually, it was Tom's bow, and he's a shorter draw than I am. So I pulled it back like I was going to get it into an anchor, and I got it three-fourths the way, and the arrow just fell through. (laughs) And Like, the first thing out of my mouth is, shit. (laughs) He got it a little further than three-fourths of the way. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I was watching there is a wall there. Seven-eighths, seven-eighths. I was watching that little, the video, and just the look on his face, like, Huh? <laughs> it it <laughs> literally had never happened to me before. So I was like, at first, I'm like, why did that? And then, it, of course, it hit me. Like he's ah, a shorter draw. Gotcha. That you was, know, when you that's awesome for any or any archer, when you pull your bow back, you literally just have that arrow tip sticking through the front. Right. So yep. if you're even a half inch short, he, I think he's a, like one inch shorter than I am in draw. Yeah. Um. Then okay. twenty eight. Just just a little 29. bit. Yeah. Just a little bit of throw yeah, it off. You so bet. Yeah, just enough for it to fall through and embarrass me. <laughs> All right, and of course, Danny's sitting there with her camera like, we got to get this on film. <laughs> oh, let's put the brakes of course on, she gets uh, that, right? Yeah. Let's put the brakes on Shane's backpedaling here. And yeah, let's, let's hear it turn it up. <laughs> let's go forward. And ladies and gentlemen, let's listen to RJ Graff. All right. Well, with the whole COVID and everything, I haven't had a few shows, so it'll be a little rusty. But we're going to have some fun with it. Dust trail going on a back road about a quarter of a mile from Crow River Creek. 
Ten legs waiting to work, weak summer blue lights at the corner flee. The boys pull up in their fancy trucks and the girls in their daddy's jeeps. Got a little honey maker, a honey high breaker, come on, go riding me. If you got a big truck, jack it up. If you got a cold beer, drink it up. If you got some country, turn it up, turn it up. If you got a tractor, crank it up. If you got a bonfire, light it up. If you're getting redneck, turn it up, turn it up. Getting buck while we're mossy oak, tearing up the alfalfa field. Tailgates dropping the bonfires high like a coon dog on a trail. Haley Joe's dancing, mama don't know, stuck out here raising hell. Now there's just one rule here, anything goes, and what goes we'll never tell. If you got a big truck, jack it up. If you got a cold beer, drink it up. If you got some country, turn it up, turn it up. If you got a tractor, crank it up. If you got a bonfire, light it up. If you're getting redneck, turn it up, turn it up. This for the country girls in the backyards. This for the country boys in the big truck. This for the country crowd getting down. So come on, come on, come on. If you got a big truck, jack it up. If you got a cold beer, drink it up. If you got some country, turn it up, turn it up. If you got a tractor, crank it up. If you got a bonfire, light it up. If you're getting redneck, turn it up, turn it up. Yes. <laughs> I shortened it up a little bit from the recorded version, but uh, that's because I don't that have great. Benedict Kane here. Yeah, you don't, have, rap you don't have that rap spot in there. I like the lyrics. I was sure. waiting to see, okay, yeah. when we get to the bridge, is he going to rap? or let No, that no, no, no. I was, I was gonna, thinking about doing the solo and everything. I'm like, I'm just going to leave it go. I'm yeah. just going to take it easy today. Yeah, because he might text you and be like, hey, man. <laughs> well, I'm sure I'm going to hear from Greg in about 20 minutes. Why didn't you do it? Uh, no, 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 no. I, I don't rap for nothing. Right. So there's a little <laughs> rap in that song, huh? A little bit of a hiccup. Because uh, Benedict Kane, the guy yep. he's talking about, yeah, that did the song. Yeah. With him. So he's, he's an Air Force vet. He's out of Maryland, uh, kind of the Baltimore area. Uh, he's in a band called Made to Rise. It's basically it's a, it's a veteran rock band right now. And they call themselves the most patriotic rock band. They oh. have a, a, a rocked-up version of the, the Star Spangled Banner, which I freaking love. And then uh, a bunch of other, uh, like I like my next song, Demons, that I'm kind of working on. A lot of, you know, just veteran songs and stuff like that. So so when you were doing covers, what was your favorite? Amarillo by Morning? <laughs> Honestly. That's a good one to cover. No kidding. What was one of my favorites? Hmm. I like doing a lot of Jason Aldean songs, but honestly, my one of my very favorite was uh, um, it's a George Strait song, but I just can't remember the name of it. Having a little brain fart there. Yeah, it, it's it's there's so many of them that you love, it, but it, it's uh, I think one of my personal favorites though is we really shouldn't be doing this. 
Oh yeah. That you know, it's kind of like that. What would what, you call it? A triple step, not quite. Yeah, triple step. But yeah, yeah I just energy. But it, it's still that that storytelling. You know, doing something we shouldn't be Those doing. Those brain parts <laughs> they uh, come on quite more frequently the older you get. <laughs> Especially, especially if, if you come, smell anything, it's he forgot something over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially, you know, you go out overseas and you hit a few roadside bombs, you know, you get sc- scattered brains. So it makes it even worse because you're trying even harder to remember. And it's just like, it was just there. Where'd it go? And you take a half an hour and finally comes to you. But at, by then the conversation is 10 miles down the road. <laughs> the reason I was asking you, RJ, is because I really enjoyed listening to that. And I was wondering if you might want to throw on another one in there maybe a cover that you used to do that you really really enjoyed doing well before we get to that that. okay before we get to that boys (laughs) we do got to keep the lights on so we got to do a little commercial break here all right and uh give uh, rj a chance to catch his breath now that we've grilled him (laughs) on half of his life and uh, so in the in the commercial break as we mentioned we're going to play his other single heartbreak i think you guys are going to love it i love a good country ballad tk absolutely um you know love me some steel guitar Oh, Absolutely yeah. love uh, steel guitar. Yeah, gotta have lap steel to be country, right? Absolutely. Yep. Stick around right after the break, our geograph, right back. I love you. After all that we've been through, I'll miss you. And I know you'll miss me too. I wish they we could have made it work nobody said it was gonna be easy or how much it would hurt why does there have to be heartbreak guys like me don't take this very well why do i have to see your face Every time I lay myself down, it's like hell. Dreaming of you, thinking of you, wishing you were here on the right of this bed. Why does there have to be heartbreak? Well, I packed up and I'm headed down. Why 
have to make our break. Guys, I may don't take this very well. Or have to be heartbreak. Boots and Backstraps is proudly brought to you by Homes by Shane. Making your move with the Homes by Shane team means an unparalleled customer service experience. That level of service is the foundation of this REMAX Results referral-based business. Our driven team of experts communicate with their clients every step of the way, ensuring a memorable experience from the first conversation through your closing day. Go to homesbyshane.com for more information. Let's get you home. If you would like to sponsor the Boots and Backstraps podcast or you have an interest in joining our team, Send us an email to bootsandbackstrapspodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back from the break, y'all. We are still in studio with uh, RJ Graff. Come on so now. Welcome back. Well, I'm back for round two, right in. Had to put your uh, strings away, because as was pointed out by our brilliant statistician, Kyle, that if we play, have you play anything that's not yours, we're probably going to get a copyright strike. And... Duh, copyrights. Can't handle that. No, nah, and people don't get to listen to anything we've done in this podcast. <laughs> that's right. They zap don't it. want that, but... Uh... Well, definitely next time I come on, I'll definitely have a bunch more songs. We'll we'll have a lot more fun. And like Tomcat was telling me, I'm the first one to play live. So, hey, I got that going for me. You do. <laughs> and the annals of Boots and Backstraps history. Here we go. So what show was this one? This is El Rancho Manana last summer. It was uh, their Wild West show. So they have a Wild West weekend. And then Friday nights, uh, they have the the bands and stuff like that. And then Saturday is their, their Wild West show. And... You know, they have a, a, I don't know if it's like a Jesse James kind of scene, but it's old, old school Wild West, you know, kind of a riding and fake guns and stuff like that. So it was a lot of fun. And uh, this stage, it, it's my, one of my cover pictures on my Facebook page. And it's just a huge stage with a huge American, couple American flags. In the Kyle, can you go to his Facebook page? I want to see this picture. Yeah, it's, it's not my logo. It should be one of my, uh, my two pictures there, but uh, massive stage. Yeah, and with with COVID last year, it sucked because we had to keep it to 250 people, which we may have stretched to like 500. <laughs> what? What? I didn't say nothing. Yeah, I don't know what you mean. But uh, that's the whiskey talking. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> but we we you know it was nice to have at least somewhat of a crowd and have it was one of the few shows I had last summer. And it was honestly my most favorite one because everybody was just like, you know, screw it. We're going to have fun. We're just going to let loose. And yeah, everybody in the crowd was that and flew was having fun. And they're, they're literally there all weekend to ride their horses because it's basically a, it's a big horse riding. You know, it's a weekend where you go. Is it horse a rodeo or expo or what? No, it's just a, a, a campground. 
Oh, okay. So he literally, you know, he's got a big, some big pens where you bring your horses, you put them in the pen, you know. Yeah. When when you're when you're camping and stuff like that, and he's got plenty of land for you know the horse campers and stuff like that. And, where was it, RJ? Uh, what is he? He kind of up by uh, where is it? Richmond, up by Sox Center. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember the exact name. That's of west. It, it, it's northwest. Northwest, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember getting off. Uh, yeah, wow. right there. That's it, right there. Oh, that's a cool stage. So you see the the two big flags and two up top, and the the prisoner of war flag up top. But yeah, it was it was a really cool stage, and and uh, that was just the beginning of the night where because everybody's still sitting up on top of the hill. So got, are those got, fans with the t-shirts or security? <laughs> Because uh, no. these two girls down here look like they're having a good time. <laughs> yeah, they, they're all having a great time. But uh, it happened to be played on Red on Friday, and as we in the military call Red Friday. And uh, my ex just so happened to be the headliner that night when I was opening up for her. And uh, that was before we kind of broke everything off, and she started dating a new guy and everything like that. So sure. it made, made the night a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I bet. But, it, it, you know, it is what it is. You know, we all grow up, move on and everything like that and uh but she was she sells red friday shirts like i do now too but she had them there at the show and all, all the all the people on the dance floor right there are basically all the wild west workers okay so everybody that's going to be performing on saturday they all had a, a red friday shirt and um that was just kind of their thing for that night it was red friday night okay so they were all wearing her shirts and they're all dancing and having fun and yeah it was a it was a hell of a lot of fun. I How mean, long was your set that night? <laughs> we ended up playing for almost two and a half hours. Wow. Yeah. That's just our, about our, a our, show. We were, we're planning on about 90, maybe a little bit over, or 100, I'm 180, maybe a little bit over. So about two hours, two and a half hours. But uh, yeah, no, we kept getting one more song, one more song. I turn around, my ex is in the back. They're getting pissed off. She wants to play and get the hell out of there, and they keep calling me for one more song. I'm like, I'm giving them one more song. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know. What do you want me to do? They want me to play another one. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she was, I guess she was fuming pretty good in the back, back there, but you know, and I, you know, I'm always a professional kind of guy. So I'm trying to just, you know, I'm trying to make everybody happy where I'm trying to keep the, you know, and it's, it was the owner literally coming up on stage inciting the crowd for one more song. So it's, it's just like, okay, you're in a bad got, spot there. I got you? the owner here. One more song. Next artist, get the hell off my stage. Uh, what the hell do I do? I want to come back next year. Okay, I'll play one more. <laughs> you know what's so funny? Not to like shift gears completely, but I, I understand this experience that you have. I mean, obviously oh, yeah. as a musician, but but also as a realtor, because I've said that's my hustle now. Right, and right. We have these, when you get a, go to see a house, you're my client. We have an approved showing time. Okay. And we okay. go and, and we're supposed to be in there at two o'clock and the agent that has the block before us is still in there at two Oh five or two ten, oh. And we're standing out there like, look, you a-hole get the hell. This is our, house. this is our time, you know, yeah. get out of there. Yeah. So it's, I don't, I know what you mean. It's pretty funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's, in a, it's one of those things where you're trying to be professional. Yeah. You, you want to make them, you know, but yeah, it just, it was, it was, it was a hell of a fun night. You know, we had a lot of fun, you know, uh, you guys, I assume you stayed up there. You camped. We didn't that night because I we ended up having a show the next night somewhere else. I can't remember okay. exactly where it was. I so packed remember. up and get on the road. We did. Uh, a few guys did stay that night. Uh, we um, didn't have some. My drummer wasn't my regular drummer. He was filling in for the night. He's uh, uh, Rob with Stone Daisy filled in that night on drums. Okay. And I, 
he, he's a hell of a drummer man was he hammering in those drums that night i love that i love a good solid you feed off that right oh and his kick drum was so loud and so just yeah right was, up the old poop shoot there oh, i, I the, the few times if you if you know if you Tom, do you know what a poop shoot is? If you go on my Facebook page, <laughs> if you go on my Facebook page, you see those you see those subs right in front of me. You know, I I'd, I'd walk on there a couple of times to get close to the crowd, and they about rattled my brain and my ears right out of my head. I was like, "Whoa, he's really kicking up tonight." Let me get back on stage. You know, but yeah, no, I I love you know. It was just one of those nights where everybody let loose, everybody had fun, and you could tell because the crowd was digging it too. Yeah. It's one of those nights where just everything was just working. It was awesome. Shane, I am not going to Google search that term. The <laughs> it's probably better if you don't. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure it needs to be Googled. That's, uh... <laughs> I thought that was fairly self-explanatory. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Uh... So, yeah, no, it's just that, that was a fun weekend. That was a lot of fun. And, you know, looks like a fun venue. Well, you know you're having a good and, show when, like, the staff is out there dancing oh, and yeah. having a good time. Absolutely. And then uh, he also has, uh, I think he's saying late August, September, he has a, a huge bluegrass festival up there, too. And he had, uh, who's the one, uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, no. But uh huge bluegrass guy and uh he was in uh, the the constant steve sorrows. martin <laughs> constant sorrows oh yeah um the uh soggy bottom boys yeah what, what is yeah. his name i know you're talking about he was there he was there he, oh, wow. he performed in that bluegrass festival i mean it the bluegrass festival i got there we I all guess, know who you're huge. talking about yeah i just can't, I just can't his pick name. his name out of a Allison wet Krause paper bag and, uh, right now yeah yeah, yeah. yes well, the band was the Soggy Bottom Something Boys. Station. Well, the, on, the Union the Station. Union Station. Yeah. Union Station. Yeah. That was her thing. But what the hell is that? I, I, but the lead singer of that. Yeah. Of Union Station. Yeah. And he's it's one of those. Really famous. And it's one of those names where, like, the the minute we start talking about something else, I'm just gonna like blurt it out and be like, "That's Kyle, guy." Kyle, have it up for us. Yeah. Let's yeah. Get yeah. the Google going. That's lead lead singer of Union Station. Why we love Kyle. Skaggs. Isn't that who it is? Ricky, Ricky Skaggs? Is it not Ricky no. Skaggs. No, no, no. No, no, he's not with Union State, but Ricky Skaggs is an amazing, is amazing. He... We had him at the Wii Fest. Yeah. We also had Ricky Skaggs at a Spirit Fest that we used to do up in Detroit Lakes, same venue. Mm -hmm. For about five years, we did a Christian uh, music festival. We had Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, Ricky Skaggs. And it was funny. Ricky Skaggs is up there telling a Presbyterian joke. And, you know, down south, they get those a little bit more than they do up here. Do you ever have Toby Mack up there? Yeah. and uh, He's amazing. Toby, uh, Ricky Skaggs told a joke, and <laughs> he's giggling, and nobody got it. Oh, and no. he's like, I think maybe I'm a little too far north. You <laughs> understand yeah. that. That's about right, too. <laughs> Loved Ricky Skaggs. Oh, he's a good We got guy. any luck in there? Still digging into it. I'll let you know. Okay, sounds right. good. Yeah, so... Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the events that you've played. You know, we we're talking Absolutely. about this one, Absolutely. but you know, maybe some of the memories that you've had that really stood out. Cause I know, you know, like that, like I, and probably to the fourth power, you've played a lot of shows over the years. So I what have. are some of the fun memories you have, or maybe crazy things you've oh, man. experienced? I, I've, you know, going over to Wisconsin is always fun. We play Turtle Lake Casino and uh, opening up for the likes of Winona Judd, who I've, Growing up all my life. Have you ever heard of her? 
crazy <laughs> idolizing and um randy hauser and phil vassar those guys over yeah. there it, it's it's a nice intimate little concert venue where you're all in the same kind of backstage area so you guys randy's a good dude so you actually get to talk to him randy was the only one i didn't really get to talk to though because he's kind of stayed on his bus but it had been a long tour and he was really tired they literally pulled in for a one pop show i did shots with home. him at uh, caboose eons ago yeah when he was kind of like just starting to get on the scene yeah and of course you know it was like a month later my ex is sitting down there with george Strait and him down in texas no like, way you guys suck but wow anyways but no it was a, it was a fun night and the fact that he took the time out of his show to actually thank my band for opening for him wow no other band had ever done that there that's before. nice professionals it's just it right you know yep. and i i'd thrown his name out all night long because obviously it's his concert so i want to make sure the focus is on him yeah it's his night yeah and that was just before his magnolia con you know album came out so he uh was promoting the hell out of magnolia and it was a lot of fun because it was kind of like a stripped down compared to what we had seen him before sure you know you'd see him at rockwoods and stuff like that where you had the whole 10-piece band up there and it was yeah. really just punching you right in the face yeah this was just a small five-piece band he was playing guitar he had a lead guitarist a bass player a keyboardist and the drums that was it which is funny for you to say small five-piece because that's like the normal that, size band right, for this market right right and that 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 was my old band it was a five-piece band yeah but for you know some the big guys, they have at least eight guys in their band oh the nationals are loaded but when he showed up and it was kind of a stripped down, just really cool concert. And he was really bringing it that night. You could tell he was kind of kind of hoarse at the beginning because he wasn't as strong. But about midway through, all of a sudden, you know, like uh, going out with my boots on when he goes for those high notes, he was pushing it and it was really coming through. I'm like, yep, he's bringing it. He now. found a second win. Yeah, he's, he's got the voice back. He's bringing it now. But uh, yeah, just, just opening up for those guys is a lot of fun and just uh, – getting to say hi to Winona Judd, another, uh, you know, idol of mine. You know, you see her when you're 10 years old and in the Judds with her mom and then she's kind of out on her own. It just, it, one thing that I, I probably shouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it anyways, is some of these artists have these, these monitors on stage with their lyrics on them. I'm like, you they guys, have monitors on stage with what? Their the lyrics. lyrics. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's like, you guys have been singing these songs for how long? Why do you need these monitors? Mm -hmm. just, oh, they do. I know. We all have brain farts. We uh, and I, I'm, earlier. And I'm one to admit I have brain yeah. farts, but I'll literally sit there on stage and be like, wait, wait, wait. We got to start this over. I just, I'll just call it right out. We got to start it over. Because, yeah. you know, I'm going to mess up. I'm human. I don't care. But uh, I had a really good one one night. We were playing... Uh, Chisago Roadhouse. Oh, when it was open, <laughs> yeah. and this is just a tiny little club, TK. I know where it is. Off the of eighth there. Is that yep. the one with the the you go in the main door and the stage is right off to the right? Yes. Oh my God. Yep. I played. It's there like before. stage. It's like a basically a hallway. Yeah. And stage on one yeah. end and then bar in the middle, right. and it's all kind of like you. There isn't seating on the side because there's barely enough room between the bar stools and the wall. Like you just walk through. Yeah. It's a new operation now. Yeah, they've been working on it for a while. Yeah, Every time I've driven past, I haven't been in there, but it looks great. Yeah. So anyway, so we're playing there one night, and uh, um, the first track that we got to do is, uh, uh, yeah. Now I'm having a brain fart on it. <laughs> it happens. We're gonna popularize that uh, phrase. Brain fart. Anyway, brain I got fart. this. Hey, TM. You know. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Anyway, so I'm sitting there, and I like the. It's uh, 
what is it now? Sorry, I Morgan. Uh, killing me. Craig Morgan. Craig Morgan. Thank you. Okay. So the the opening line is, "I'm a son of a third generation farmer." Right. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Farmer's daughter. International, International harvester. 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 Thank harvester. Thank you. harvester. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, why am I drawing a blank on this? I sang the song a thousand times. Well, here we go. Yep. yep. So, I can't so tell you how good this makes me feel. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting up on stage and like the band comes in and it's got this real mellow intro, right? Right. And then it kind of ramps up. Yeah. A little bit of like, guitar in the background or whatever. And it's this timing thing, right? You're feeling the timing and you come in yeah. with this, the opening line. And, uh, and my spot comes and it goes, cause I can't remember, the, <laughs> can't remember the damn lyrics. And then, it, you know, they're like, you can feel the band is like, okay, he forgot. And then they bring it back around. Right, right. And right. it comes and it goes again. Oh, <laughs> I'm just no, like, yeah. At I, this point, they've been playing this same 16, you know, for. I've done that a few times. What before, seems yeah. like an hour, but it was probably just two minutes or whatever. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. like at this point, people in the bar are starting to look over at the stage like, is he going to say something? This this is a hell of an intro. Yeah, what and the I, heck? and actually, I'm looking at at Double B. I'm looking at Backstrom, and I'm like, I can't remember the words. Brain fart. What the hell? And then he looks over at Jeremy, the lead player, and he looks back at me, and I'm like, Oh, they're gonna leave me hanging. Like, just mouth something <laughs> to me, please. Just give me a little help, please. Yeah. And then Brandon finally is like, and I was like, Okay, thank you. And then they came back around, and I jumped in, and I was I, making you sweat just for for cause and i used to come into that one like pretty aggressively you know like oh, just yeah. really belted out there to get people's attention like okay we're we're like we're punching in now how, and how, i was like all meek like oh, well how long out. was that your, how long was that your your opening song so i remember you doing that at the uh a God. long time I, I a year probably yeah i remember the bar in woodbury and that's where i went and saw you because that's where my parents live yeah I, I went and saw you there i can't remember the what the hell was the name of that bar was it old Mexico then or it mm. changed from there? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But yeah, it, I remember you guys were playing there that night and I popped in for a little bit and I remember seeing that song and yeah, it, it wasn't that night. Cause I know you punched through that night, but yeah. I just, <laughs> Oh, it was, it was the worst. I remember hearing that that's the opening song. I'm like, wait, how long did you guys open with that one? Yeah. Probably at, at least a year we played that one as our intro. Cause it was a really nice transition. It didn't have, you know, a really aggressive opening in it where it would like, right. you know, shock people. Well, that's just it. Trying to find that one song where you can like either build into or just punch them right down the throat or mm -hmm. the first song. Dan Tominski. I don't think so. No, mm -mm. that's the lead singer for who? Uh, Union Station. No, it's not Union yeah. Station. Look up Soggy Bottom Boys. But Union Station is his band. Yeah. I, I, that's I'm, not, I'm, th I'm thinking that's not the right guy. Is Skaggs a blonde-haired guy? It's too bad we don't have a telephone. Someone could call in or text us and tell us and help us to know what we're talking about here. Right, right. We apologize. Is Ricky Skaggs a blonde-haired guy? Or Ricky Skaggs is, has totally white hair now. Yeah. It's all gray. It and, might uh, be Ricky Skaggs that played that festival. Well, he's he's been up here he's, a few he's times. He's bluegrass and everything, too. He's got oh, that gosh. Thing. He's huge bluegrass. Yeah. Blue it, it might actually be him now that I'm thinking about it. That's did, a great song, though, Man of Constant Sorrow. Oh, yeah. He did Uncle Pan and yeah, yeah. Country Boy. Oh, my gosh. He brought bluegrass to another level. Oh, absolutely. You know, back in the 80s. Uh, well, and then you got, you, you got these guys like Trampled by Turtles out of Duluth now playing mm. it and just making a 
killing. They played Red Rocks and sold that out. Wildly popular. I mean, how? Who's well, the, Minis- know, the never... Minnesota Wild correspondent? What's his name with the glasses? You know who I'm talking about? Lepan- uh, no, Russo. 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 He is yeah. a huge Trample by Turtles oh, fan. Oh, my God, yes. Yes, he yeah. follows them everywhere. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's just like uh, – and that's one of those things where I'm trying to figure out, like, guys like Cody Jinks, yep. Cody Johnson, these independent guys that are wildly famous right now. Yeah. Trying to figure out how they're doing their thing, and how I can do my thing, similar yet myself, I, and you know make it big, or at least be able to make it full time. Yeah, I can't and think of just, a time, man, when in in music, at least in my lifetime, when it's been more popular to be a guy that just kind of goes off the beaten path. Right, right. And if you listen to like Jinx's stuff, it was so off the beaten path, but yeah. still country music. Yep. My favorite song of his is Loud Thunder Heavy or uh, Loud and Heavy. Yeah. Just a friggin' low voice, deep growl, and just that that's my style. Gets you fired up. Oh, I love that song. Just friggin' love it. That dude's awesome. Well, what's on the on the agenda for you for I mean, what is twenty two you keep we've talked a couple times now on the podcast (laughs) about last year. Right, right. And the challenges that you face as a a touring musician. But what is twenty one looking like and what does the future look like for you? Well, we're shooting, you know, hopefully as bars, you know, get more open and everything like that. Obviously playing some bars, but I do have uh, shows coming up this summer, uh, like uh, Pierce Freedom Fest. I'm going to play their pre-party up at uh, Bootleggers Bar and Grill. Um, the boot. You're right. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And just Pierce Freedom Fest, that whole weekend was a lot of fun. Uh, what was it? Uh, Blackhawk ended up... Uh, <sighs> One of my favorites. Headlining one year. Neil McCoy headlined one year. I think even Montgomery Gentry headlined about three or four. You years heard of Montgomery ago. Gentry? <laughs> <laughs> well, I it's just have, it's have just, old it's just Montgomery now, unfortunately. Right, yeah. right. Uh, that isn't he still using both names all in the show? I don't think so. I know he was the first was year after after T Roy passed away. He was using it as Montgomery Gentry, but I think he's just Eddie Montgomery now. Yeah, I thought I saw something on Facebook uh, last year. He's just doing all those Eddie songs. Montgomery. That's a tough deal for him. You know, he's a big guy and right. Uh, he drinks a little bit. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever heard that. We opened up for him over at uh, Sink at Sink Creek Casinos Turtle Lake. And okay. He, he was happy. We, had a, all... we have a picture with him and his bass player and his drummer. We're all kind of huddled up backstage. and He, he must have been like, put that Jack Daniels well, away, he, son. We got he, some Jim Beam. He's like, you want to take a picture? I'm like, hell yeah, all right, we'll take a picture. I was expecting him to be like, you guys are small time, you know? And he's like, no, no, let's no. take a picture. He ain't that way. But, you know, you could tell his gla- eyes were a little red, so he puts his sunglasses on real <laughs> <laughs> everything. I'm like, oh, boy. I don't think, you know, this – you know, iPhone's going to catch your red face right now. Well, I think when T-Roy was playing with them, I think T-Roy played the majority of the songs. Oh, yeah. They kind of split it, but right. for uh, Eddie now to be carrying the whole show by himself. Ooh, and it's it's kind of cool. That's a lot. Yeah, and what's funny is is all like T-Roy songs, he'll sing a few of them, T-Roy songs. Right. But then he's got like the, the keyboard player play, sing one. Oh, does the he? bass player will sing one, and okay. then I uh, can't remember who the other guy. He'd have to, band. but he, he had three three different guys, and it, it was all just depending on what pitch the 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 song was or what key they're playing it in. It was depending on which member of the band. Yeah, because right, he's right. not even close to no, the no, no. Because no, he'd literally just sit there and bounce around. 
You know, I've heard him stage. sing a couple of uh, songs that T-Roy sang, and I, he did it fabulous. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he sounded, I mean. Does he still have his Beam sponsorship as a solo guy? I uh, don't know. I don't know that. You'd anymore. think that, that he, that he would because they were with him forever. He mm-hmm. still had it when he was playing because we, literally we were playing. We opened up for him, I think, like about six months after T-Roy died. Okay. We were playing over at you know Turtle Lake, and their little concert bowl down below, and you know, literally they they had their prayer before their show. Yep. And I wasn't going inter- to interrupt in that because we were still pulling our stuff off the stage, but uh, they they were just going up, kind of tuning up and stuff like that. And a few of them were still hanging out back, stretching and stuff like that. And I walked up to him, just like, "Hey, I- I'm sorry about your brother," and he's like, "Thank you." He gave me this big old hug. I'm like, "Whoa, you're." kind of a little teddy bear what the hell are you doing give me a hug you know but he's a really cool down-to-earth guy and you know and then that's when he was like hey let's take a picture what the hell and we took that picture and they they fired up and he went running up there but he's just a really cool down-to-earth guy and yeah both of them were you know yeah iconic hat yes that hat you'll never find that hat anywhere and that jacket oh my freaking god i'm like like it weighs a hundred it was 87 degrees, yeah. humid as hell. I it know. was an August day, and he's still wearing his full dress. I'm like, you're nuts. It's like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's, it's hot as hell out here. It's like, brother, I'm from the South. This ain't hot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, you know, I was trying to use his voice there for, for a second, but it's like, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah, I know you're from the South and everything like that. But, yeah, for us, I mean, I literally – I was wearing a button down. It was kind of a gray shirt. And you could tell by song three that I was sweating because it was just soaked through. Soaked. It was, and it showed. That was my problem. I should wear a black one. But no, I was wearing gray and literally started from here. And just. But did you have an undershirt? Because that's the trick of the trade. I always wear an undershirt. Come yeah, on. good man. You got to have an undershirt to catch that sweat so it doesn't get to your show shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, at least it, it doesn't quickly. matter. You're still going to make it to the show shirt, but you're trying to minimize it. But yeah, no, I. <laughs> yeah no it, it's it's an old you know kind of farmer's trick the old you know a-frame or waist so that or, brings that begs the question did uh kid george did he uh wear tidy whities underneath his boxers yeah kid g's not really a tidy whitey guy he's a boxer brief guy <laughs> and i know this because every like, once in a while a nut cup because people get <laughs> get rude yeah because oh, obviously i uh you know having worked with him for a decade he wore his pants one percent of what the time pants right i remember going to the doghouse one day heading up to the stage to say hi to you guys he comes and just gives me this freaking bear hug and in his drawers yes just like wow i didn't we all were that close but all right <laughs> that was I, I you know it was like one of those things that he started early when we first took over for utk uh-huh is he would just take his yeah it was it was Take like his pants off. It's kind of a humorous thing because you'd hang them up in the back of the DJ booth, so people in the bar would be like, "Are those his actual pants?" And after a couple of years, yeah. it like got to be an expectation where if he didn't have those pants off by if eleven he, o'clock at night, people were up there like, "Take your pants off!" So hold on, it was actually utility. If he wasn't walking around by eleven thirty in the crowd without them on, you know, it wasn't right <laughs> or less. Wait, yeah, hold on. This was utility. Happened. He told me he said Hog's Breath, the DJ booth got so damn hot. Yeah. And because he stayed in there and Shane would walk around, he's like, it's too hot. And he's like, no one can see me. It did, so but there was a that's... fan down there. There's yes. no way. Oh, he, he added that. that he added that fan. Big, 
yeah. band. The metal one, yeah. Make well, it's sure. just like when you're on stage, you know, you got a nice big, <laughs> you know, fan down there, and people are always wondering, is that just a rock post? No. You That's just, for like, my Franken you beans. Just, you adjust your pants, like, just enough so you get the air shut up yep. there so you're not sweating. Like, cool down your Franken beans. I can imagine a few listeners right now going, I don't need to hear this crap. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Trade yes, secrets. Do. Trade secrets. I apologize. Yeah. yeah we, sometimes you got to let that little bit of inside intel, you know? It's it's cool for people well, to get to now, see what's... Now they're going to go to a concert and be like, is that what they're doing on stage? What the hell? <laughs> Uh, so I just kind of ruined their concert, you know, experience the next, you know, five years. But, you know, it was funny because uh, TC Summer Jam, their first one was 2019. And, uh, well, Aerosmith, they're, you know, Aerosmith is Aerosmith. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But I kind Tough of, to work with. Oh, my God. I heard all about that. Really? Oh. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, they, they had to they had to spend an extra million dollars on the stage because it had to be a certain size stage or something like that, and then uh, you know how they sold those VIP stuff up front and everything like that. Aerosmith was pissed because they wanted the crowd all around the stage, so literally with half an hour before showtime, Aerosmith said, "Get rid of that crap, get rid of the barriers and stuff like that, let everybody up towards the stage." You yeah. don't want to perform before Aerosmith. They'll if you're going too long. Uh... I'm sorry, I'm drawing. A, I'm having a brain fart. What's his name? Will be pulling your plugs. He does. Steve like Tyler. Us. Yeah. Yeah. He he. Uh, there's a. If you watch a documentary on uh, the band Journey. Yes. Not the band Journey. Kansas. 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 And, oh yeah. Uh, they perform. They toured with them, and they would actually put their plugs into fake outlets, and, and Stevie <laughs> Tyler had enough of them, and he'd want them off. He'd go. Unplugging, he was unplugging the wrong plugs. <laughs> oh, no way. Oh, this is a real terrible, thing. Terrible, oh terrible. Kyle, have you seen this documentary? Probably a stupid question. I have. It was when Kansas was playing in Kansas, so people yep. wanted them to keep playing. Steven oh, Tyler wow. got pissed, and they actually set up a fake setup for him to go and unplug. So he was just furious about it. And they told him, you will never do that to us. So, yeah. And, you know, wow. a couple of them boys in Kansas, and I can remember which one, the one that wore the coveralls, Got right in his face, and he says, "You will never do that to us again." And Stephen Tyler kind of backed down a little bit, but well, yeah, we, you know. well, you could see it all. You know, his whole friggin' time on like MTV and VH1, he's a huge friggin' diva. But he to have a someone, diva. good word, to have someone actually have the cojones to stand up to him because yeah. he's only five foot what six, yeah. if that. He's a little guy. I mean, I, I was, he can't be more than about 90 pounds. Well, I'm five feet from him when we're at TC Summer Jam because I, you know, me and a buddy just so happened to be working with a company and, you know, they just like, here, they take these tickets. So I'm right in the front corner and I'm just looking up. I'm like, dude, you're a tiny little dude. And he just, yeah. He's we all love the Aerosmith songs. We certainly do. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I do. Oh, unbelievably talented but dude. I absolutely. guess that's a good word to put it. He's a diva. Yeah. No, there's just, a lot like, of that in the, on well, the big the, stage. Their bass player, I, I, he was so freaking white. I don't know if it was the makeup or what the hell. I'm just like, okay, dude. Liquid paper white. Oh, he, he he's, he's scaring me just standing there on stage. I'm like, he's not going to keel over tonight, is he? He's just <laughs> that white. I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, you know, it's one of those, another one of those iconic bands where you grew up listening to, and yeah. it's like, well, listening to him now, it's just like. Wow. I think we Time ought to add a segment to the show where we just bash some rock and roll. <laughs> <Yeah. bands. laughs> 
That's right. <laughs> you That's know, right. it happens. What do you do? Right? Well, yeah, let's but, let's rope it back into 2021. Right, what is right. what's the tour schedule looking like? Uh, but like I said, uh, Rancho Manana Wild West show. Uh, I'm shooting for Moon Dance again this year. Like we, I played for what was it, six years straight with uh, Copperhead Creek. We went up there every year, but uh, going up there to play originals is a whole nother story. So yes, I'm, it is. I'm shooting to go up there this year and. Uh, uh what was it uh there's one uh there's a memorial ride for uh a gentleman uh i can't remember if a specialist or sergeant ben cop his wife or not wife but his mom jill puts on a memorial uh bike ride for it and uh, i'm gonna be playing that this summer which is uh i'm looking forward to because i met his mom jill down in florida for another organization called uh heaven draft uh so a lot of veteran organizations that I've, I've come in contact with and gotten to know over the years and stuff like that. Just like the hometown hero, yeah. you know, the one you saw. Yeah. Bow fishing and stuff like that. And uh, another one's hunting with soldiers. So I get to go on and on about veterans groups out there. But uh, it's one of those things I'm pretty passionate about. You know, every time I get a chance, you know, I, I like to say their names because they're important. Yeah, and they're, of course they are. They're keeping a lot of us above ground, which is important because – the 22 a day is still something that's still very real. Yes, it is. It's still happening. So, My wife and I worked a, an event uh, up in Sock Center. Okay. And uh, my wife is in the studio. Lynn, what was the, the organization called? It was for uh, veterans that were not adjusting very well is that society. the was that the eagle's nest the eagle's nest yes i've heard yes. of that one as well yeah. a gal runs that operation up yep. there they actually took over an old it was a school and it was like i don't know want to say a hospital but it's a huge facility right probably 120 acres up there and uh we had steve miller's band oh we had travis tritt's daughter uh we had a uh, quite a few acts and forgive me i can't think of a a lot of them, but it was so cool to interact with uh, the soldiers that were there Absolutely. who attributed them still being alive to this young lady that started the Eagle's Nest. Right. The young right. gal had uh, lost her husband and lost her son in the military, mm -hmm. and she was rather tenacious, <laughs> and she was upset with our government, as most of us typically are. Oh, absolutely. And... They weren't doing anything for these people. And they had this facility in Sock Center. It was just sitting there collecting dust. And, well, when the soldiers come there, they're all assigned projects to do, you know, painting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, carpentry work. So they had that place fixed up wonderful. And these people, uh, uh, they just have uh, a really nice situation for them. Absolutely. Where they wouldn't survive anywhere else. And they've got fellow brothers that they can lean on. And they have group meetings. You know, it's just... It was so cool to be a part of that deal. A couple of us right. from the WeFest, our production company with the Jumbotrons, they were there. Uh, uh, Common World Productions and uh, Rob was there. And anyway, a bunch of us helped out. And right. that was very, very rewarding to see uh, somebody really helping out the military guys because right. certainly that's got to hit home with you. Are you familiar oh, with the, the Eagle's Nest? Yes, yes, yeah. I am. Yep. And that's yeah. It's like I was saying earlier. It, it's all these all these different organizations and stuff like that. And uh, like I was saying, when we first started the show, is we all have our coping mechanisms. Yeah. We all have our different ways of you know 
coping, different ways of trying to get past it. And for me, this is mine. You know, yeah. mu- music is how I can just get my stress out and get my point across and just just i don't think you're the first entertainer in history to say that uh that's their go-to place you know right that music is therapy absolutely and whether you're performing it or just listening to it right music is a universal language that's uh therapeutic for all of us and just the the storytelling in country music you can get you can let go and put put your story in a song or what whatever you need to and then um there is a lot of other organizations where uh, buy guitars and we try and teach them how to play guitar. Right. Or, you know, like I said, what I was saying before, uh, horses, you know, take them to a, a ranch for a weekend and yep. just have them get around horses. And, you know, there's just, there's so many different ways for them to try and assimilate back into what we call real life. But it's just, you know, just trying to get past, all the just the horrors and everything that we we've seen over there it, it, it's a lot hard probably yeah. hard to describe the horrors and things that right i grew up in the vietnam era and and that's one thing every every time i see a vietnam guy i always yeah. say i always say thank you because i know they've had it a hell of a lot worse than i do yeah At least when i when i came home and got off the plane i got a thank you and i had people you know shaking my hand where i know damn well they didn't because i had two brothers that served yeah. there I would have. I missed the draft by two numbers. Uh, a lot of my high school friends were there. And it must have been Bone Spurs. Arched feet, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> nah, I'm sure they. I'm sure I'd have gone, but I, oh yeah, I just missed the draft. And you were playing baseball, weren't you? I was playing baseball, and uh, but that's no excuse. Thank you. Yeah. They ain't going to say, okay, you're playing baseball. Yeah. You don't need to come. <laughs> yeah. but, you can uh, pitch? Oh, but can you shoot? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they would have liked me. I was I was a real good marksman. But anyway. Well, they always love us but country anyway, boys because they know we can shoot. That's to right. To the point, you know, it's probably hard to convey the heartaches and the trauma that a guy goes through yeah. uh, being in any of the wars. Can't imagine. God bless you. It's uh yeah, it, it's it's hard to come back home. Like uh, about the first three months, I kind of welled myself up, and I was I had my parent. I was living in room in my parents' place. I just wanted to come home. I didn't want to have my own place at the time because I knew it was going to be kind of tough coming home. Sure. So I just kind of welled myself up in that room for about a good three months, drinking old Jack Daniels here and mm-hmm. just. Trying to, trying to medicate myself the wrong way. And then, I've always looked at it, uh, I don't know, with an objective point of view. The government seems to do real well at putting you into boot camp, training you for this lifestyle, getting you ready mentally, physically, and you're gung-ho. But mm-hmm. they seem to kind of drop the ball when it's like time for you to decompress on your way out. Yeah. And that's, that's too bad. I mean, it's a full circle deal, and they're kind of dropping the ball on the other end. That's one of the things they're trying to get better at, but they're still not there. I mean, they they they're trying. When my 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 last tour, when I came home, we spent two weeks in uh, Camp Atterbury, which is in Indiana, which yeah. is our, which is our demob site, and uh, trying to get everything jammed into two weeks, going through medical. 
going through legal and just all the paperwork and everything we had to get done, it, it left literally no time for any kind of mental help. Mm-hmm. But then again, you're, you're still there with your brothers and sisters. And my, my second tour was, was, was reserve unit. And, you know, the minute that reserve unit hits the airport, you all go a separate ways. And I was going, I was gone with a unit in uh, Ohio is where, who I went with the second time. So the main body, which is most of the soldiers, go back home to Ohio. And then you got, I think it was about 150 soldiers from Louisiana. Well, they're going to Louisiana. Then you got another 150 from Minnesota. Well, you're going back to Minnesota. So we all just kind of scattered. Yeah. So you kind of lose that brotherhood and stuff like that the minute you land back home here. Where when it's active duty, you don't have to worry about it. You're going back to base. You know, all the same guys are still sitting there. Right. So you lose your family, and this is literally and that is when you're family. at that impressive age. This is literally your way of life. Right. I mean, structured, strict. You get up, you do this, you do that. Right. And then all of a sudden, just to be ejected out of that and back into our way of life is like. Right. I can understand the confusion, it, 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 the emotions. Right. It's just amazing. And then just having having the war parts out of it. So it took me a good six months and and then I, I finally you know, it took a little nudging, but I went out to the VA. I, you know, talked to some people and stuff like that, which you know, it didn't help at first because you you're stubborn. I mean, you, you go through basic training, you become a stubborn son of a gun and you know, yeah. you're just to where you are and everything, but uh, it's amazing how you have to be built up to be this right. unemotional, just rock human Ruthless to go do what guy. you did. Yeah. But then somehow you got to come back and like undo all that to get back into society, right? Yeah. Yep. It, it's, it, 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 they don't, there's no way to teach you how to do it. And there's no, you know, like bring you back down. But you just kind of like, there you go. Have at it. And then, but the, the, it took them a while at the VA to kind of figure out how to do it, but they're, they're getting a lot better. Good. They are getting a lot better, but we're still losing far too many. Uh, I can't tell if it's quite just the veteran Vietnam era that are still just. I have to uh, believe that President Trump was good for the military guys. He was, he, he was great. You know, he went to West Point. He was a military guy. And. It infuriates me to see some of the presidents, some of the left-wing presidents that or any of the politicians that just don't care. And, you know, well, they just, send, you know, they have no trouble sending them kids off to war. Yeah, the war hawks. And having other people's uh, Only benefit from it. Right. Yeah. Financially. And they don't care how much blood gets spilled. I guess we could dwell on this for, this is kind of a sad uh part of the show here and uh or maybe it's kind of a downer so you know i think it's powerful i think it's powerful i think that's real that we need to talk about veterans we need to talk about how to take care of them and i i appreciate that and ryan do you have anywhere that that you support that you would love support from maybe our listeners because you know we're we're country i'm turning into a hunting person don't tell anyone but where could we like (laughs) help support this uh Probably one of my personal favorites that's uh, here in the Twin Cities. There's there's a few, but uh, tribute for the troops. Obviously, they've been around for quite a long time. Rocky Lynn, 
was one of the the starters on that one. Yeah, he's uh, still doing his thing too. It's amazing to me. He's yeah, a good guy. I, I like Rocky. You know, another army guy. So I, yeah. I'm one of my army brothers. <laughs> I like to say, but um, you know, I, I like supporting them. But then another one was the hometown heroes that you guys saw out there. You know, they're they're pretty, still pretty new, but the fact that you know they do the archery fishing and that's all winter long they were out there doing ice fishing you know just you know there's a lot of great groups like those two that uh, that are out there you know there's certainly a lot of great functions and a lot of great organizations that are out there and if there's any ex-military guys listening in man i guess being a layperson i encourage you to just get involved with these organizations like Eagles Nest or DAV. And, uh, my wife and I support a couple of them that we see on television all the time. Mm-hmm. The Wounded Warrior Project, uh, DAV, and... Hometown Heroes. That's what he's talking Hometown about. Heroes, and absolutely. The big thing is, is kind of do your research on them too because there's a, there's a few out there, you know, that can be maybe slightly shady. I hate, I hate to say that being, sure. you know... Cause I am a veteran, but I also want to make sure that if I'm going to donate my time and my energy and my money that I want to make sure it's, it's right. going for a right cause and a good cause. I think everybody should, I haven't been on it, but everyone should research whoever it is they're donating money to. Right. And I understand, and Shane, you might know more than I, there's a website that you can go on and it lists hundreds of these organizations and mm-hmm. it tells you what percentage of the money that you're donating is going where yeah right. charities in right. general so you can right. do it's like exactly. a charity da- charitable database right where you can see what percentage of their donations go to the actual cause, cause. and how much right. of it goes to administrative fees right, and right. that kind of thing because like you said rj you'd be shocked where it's like 75 80 percent of the money that they're taking in goes to administrative costs yeah. legal fees and all that because a small right. fraction of the you, money goes uh, to shane do you know the name of that website no off the top of my head but I bet you we could get our uh, team in there to, to look it up quick. Yeah. It's, it's Killer just, Kyle, if you can figure out a... Uh, I'm sure it's, it's like, like a database to do for with charities. the 501c3 or something like that. Because yeah. they have to report. They right. have to legally Absolutely. report to the IRS. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, how that money is being spent. So and that's it's like, not, uh, like I was saying, uh, what was it? Heaven Drop is another one. You know, it, it's based out of Florida. But, you know, basically what they do is they help... Uh, handicapped people or down syndrome people they give them a job so basically right. they turn old parachutes into uh like collars or masks or stuff like that you know yeah there's there's all these different these all these different places and it's just you know doing doing your diligence and uh you know kind of figuring out how they're doing their stuff like that but like for me personally it's you know i've got a good buddy chad who's in the hometown heroes and he's the team lead here in minnesota um, I met him at uh, basically my gym. We were doing a, a big workout at my gym at uh, the CrossFit Beyond Sport in Princeton there, and they came up. They decided they wanted to come up, and part of our proceeds for that day was we handed off to them. Mm-hmm. So and it was it was just a really it was a good day. So. GuideStar is one of the websites I'm seeing here where you can get the directory on different uh, charities and nonprofit organizations. Uh, still going to keep digging, too. Okay, perfect. So what is that yeah, called? GuideStar? GuideStar. GuideStar. Oh, GuideStar. Yeah. yeah, and there's there are, I mean, if you just kind of hit the Google machine, you'll see the there are websites where they will break down. 
you can search certain percentages. Yeah, there's like a task bar where you can search right to find out who's getting what. As I say, I'm surprised there's not some big government website. Bless they you. Love, they love having Thank you. that stuff. Goes into it. Comes. Uh, <laughs> I had to stop face. myself there. Woo! <laughs> Almost forgot this is a PG-13 podcast. <laughs> There All right. Wait, wait. There's a not so PG 13 reply to that. PG 13. What the heck? I know. That's not what you tell me. Ah, sorry, man. <laughs> I do something. I need to do something to get you in here. Yeah. Not the pleasure of our company. Well, that's yeah, for sure. You got to remember, I'm military, so it just kind of comes out when it comes out. Yeah, that's right. That's true. I that still, true. I still have no filter. All these years that I've been out, but. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, Shane and I uh, spent many, many years uh, without a filter. I know I certainly did, and uh, we're trying to. Be as professional as we can. These We're flying it up nowadays. <laughs> See, I'm so, testing a few out. I don't know if I picked one I like yet. I'm quite sure there are people that are tuning in. They're going, well, I remember Tomcat, and I remember Shane doing this and that and that. They probably don't believe it's us. They're, yeah, they're probably going, well, they're boring. No. <laughs> I hit the coffee. There it is. I think Don you sat on it. it. Uh, it, it's gonna sit behind this pillow here. It's yeah. also a sneeze button. I just showed you that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it, it's it's one of those where we remember, you know, all those years back on the Monday nights and stuff like that. So they're wondering if you're not drinking enough of this. Yeah, that it's just not free flowing. Oh, he's getting anymore. his fair share. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Slow I just down there. I just had to throw that out there. I'm just having fun. Well, I tell you what, boys. As much fun as this has been, we got to bring this thing in for a landing. Shane, uh, we got to get together. Uh, we've had a lot of country music guests on the show. We're going to have a busy summer. We are going and watching your show, RJ, and maybe Heidi, and uh, a lot of some of the other folks we've had on. We've got quite a board back there behind Jill and, and Lynn with uh, very busy. Essentially, we've got a, just about a full year's worth of guests already up there, and we got some great guests coming. Up. Absolutely, I'm seeing some colorful. of those. We got a great guest in here today. Yeah. I'm just seeing all those hunter names up there, and I'm going to be looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I need some tips. Old hunting isn't going so well lately. <laughs> yeah, we got you, so, my man. We got you covered. Absolutely. Well, RJ, thanks a lot for coming in, man. Absolutely. And aside from my personal me. feelings of getting to <laughs> get to hang out with you again, which has been great. Absolutely. It's cool to get you in here telling your story and talking about not just uh, the military, which is a huge part of your heart, right, I know, right. but but your musical background and influence and and that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah, we encourage you folks, uh RJ Graff, man. If you see him around yeah, town, you see his name out there. Go and see him. You won't be disappointed. Come yeah, on tell, up folks, and, tell folks where they can find you online. I was just going to say, come on up and say hi. Don't be a stranger because I'm the shy one. you got to come up and say hi to me most times. But um, rjgraph.com or if you look up uh, Facebook, rjgraph, uh, facebook.com slash rjgraphmusic. And uh, I believe it's rjgraphmusic on Instagram as well. But And uh, it's two Fs in graph. Two Fs. That's People right. got to remember that. Golf, Romeo, Alpha, Foxtrot, Foxtrot. Yeah, there we go. There I, even, I even remember it. <laughs> Folks, that great when your brain works once uh, in a while? I tell you. Very well, <laughs> once in a while. That that alphabet is probably easier than the old one, you know. Just eight years of it instilled into your brain. <laughs> there you go. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boots and Backstraps, folks. Don't forget to send us your questions and or comments to Boots and Backstraps podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we will be filtering through those and maybe feature a few of those on a future episode. If you're interested in joining us in studio, um, you can uh, send messages there as well. And, of course, we are still looking at sponsorships. So we're talking to a few companies and uh, one of them in the glass here, potentially working something out there. And 
and uh, other opportunities. So if you are interested in sponsoring, you can send emails to that same boots and backstraps podcast at Gmail. Um, but uh, Tom, let's bring this plane in for a landing, my friend. Hey, folks. It was so great to have you here with us uh, again today. We encourage you to look to uh, check us out again next week. Uh, so whether you're belting out your favorite country song or pursuing your favorite game animal, I encourage you to use that same passion to pursue the Lord. He'll teach you to shoot straight. We'll see you next week. Come on now. Crank it up If you got a bonfire